Ochoa. My question for you today is how many times have you changed schools in your entire career? She's counting on her fingers. I'm counting. Of you. <laughs> One day. Do you, is there anybody else in the room? I can count their fingers. That's right. One day we'll have a. One day we'll have a, a video portion of this podcast, and you guys can watch her count like this. But we're English teachers, so it takes us a moment to calculate. <laughs> You're so funny. At least eight. Hey, that was more than I thought it was. I could have sworn you were at less schools than that. Nah, eight. Hmm. Just less districts. How many districts? Two. What was your other district? H-E-B next door. Oh, I didn't. I started as a Texas. How did you not know that? Is that where you started? Yeah, I started as a Texas history teacher. Mm. I always envisioned you being a Birdville teacher right from the start. I guess because like all I know is Birdville. So I guess I just assumed you were that way too. Well, when you start at 22, Uh, which I was 22 when I started, you know, there's a lot of years there. So yeah, I went to... um, I started there at a junior high and taught seventh grade Texas history. And then I wanted to be a volleyball coach. That was my dream was to be a head volleyball coach one day and just knock it out of the park that way. So I went that route and uh, a coaching job came open. So I I went to the school next door, still in HEB and became the head volleyball coach there uh, as, as a junior high coach. Anyway, and then another job opened up just the very next year, and it was over here at Richland High School. So I was able to move and actually teach at the high school, and I became the assistant volleyball coach. I did that for about six years. I did not know that. For some, for some reason, that just like I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say like five <laughs> schools all in the same district, but I don't know why. Oh, I had that perspective. I think it's because your last like few were longer, right? Like you like toward like later you moved less. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So after that, it was just a year at each one of those schools. So that was fast, but it was basically because I was trying to move into different positions. So I was moving up and then at, uh, and I wanted to be in the high school. So when that opened up, I moved over at Richland high school. I was at Richland for 10 years. And then I opened, and then um, when they opened up Birdville, you know, one of our high, uh, high schools, they opened that one up, and uh, the superintendent moved me over there. So I started the new, the first time we had laptops in the classroom, um, I did that for geography. At that time, I was teaching geography and English, but they wanted me over there to open it up for geography. So I did that for about five years, and then for whatever reason, I ended up going down to the to middle school again. I decided I wanted to teach middle school. So I went down to middle school and I was at uh, Smithfield for nine years. And there I became a, an academic. Uh, I got my master's and everything and gifted and talented. So I wanted to be a, so then my goal switched to wanting to be maybe somebody that was higher up in the district that ran the GT program for a district. So I started in that pursuit, which is how I became an academic coach because our district moved us academic coaches into, I mean, uh, GT people into academic coaches. So they changed our whole entire position. That's how I became an academic coach. And then they moved me to two schools and I had two schools. If you count those two schools in the same year, that's my eighth. And then Hmm. you and I met, and then you told me that 
I had to go back into teaching because, you know, that's <laughs> what I had to do. And I only do what Jacob tells me I have to do. So oh I went back to teaching English. And through all that, I've taught um, trained teachers all through the years. But mainly English has been most of the thing. But I've taught just about every subject but now over those years. With that said, and with that kind of uh, trajectory, I feel like we have something to say in a second. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, I would tell you that this is the Crack the Drop podcast. We talk about reading, writing, workshop. That's Pam Ochoa. I'm Jacob Chastain. Uh, we love what we do, and we want to share that with you as well. And that's what we talk about every single week. Sometimes we pull questions. Sometimes we just bring whatever idea. And sometimes, like today, we talk about change on the horizon. And we're going to get to that here in just a moment. But ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Craft the Draft podcast. Already, Miss Ochoa, so you've been moving around you throughout your career. This is year. What's next year going to be? This is year. What? What's next year going to be for you in the my year as far as years of teaching? Yes. Next year will begin my thirty fifth year. Thirty fifth year. Mm-hmm. This will be you're you're leaving your campus. Are you retiring? Because any sensible person would probably be retiring at about right now. Yes, my aunt, who has taught for 50 years, by the way, I'm just going to let you know that the person giving me advice taught for 50 years, five That's zero five zero, time. And she says, now, honey, you need to have your coffee cup. <laughs> you need to have your coffee cup on your desk. And just know every time you look at that coffee cup and you have a bad day, you could be sitting on the back porch with your Auntie Dina. <laughs> So she'd always tell me. And I said, I know, I'll keep that coffee cup. But I don't have I'll have to buy me a coffee cup that says sitting on the porch or something on it. So anyway, yeah, no, I I I'm I told her I'm not ready to retire. I'm and gonna make a move though. Yeah. I'm making and, a move. And you're coming to Richland Middle School, which if real astute learners or learners, listeners would know. This is my campus, you guys. We are no longer going to be separated. We were together for a year. We separated. She went back into education, and now you're back, and you're coming over. We had a, an open spot for seventh grade, and you're about right. to join. We're going to not only be the same campus, we're going to be in the same grade. We're literally going to be on the same hallway teaching. next door, teaching partners. Right. Uh, yeah, we, I do what Jacob tells me to do, and here I right. am. So I guess you Although, can tell me when it's time for me to retire, too. I get that. Well, and you know what? <laughs> and, hey, and if I, he tells me it's time to retire next year, well, we'll know it wasn't successful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's time for you to go. I mean, I really think you would love uh, retirement. But, you know, it's I, I have a feeling that this team that is here, so we have – there's a, a, a another. I'm excited about this for a million reasons, and there the the one of the coolest reasons is, um, this is the first team that I've been a part of that is being built next year, where we all speak the same language of workshop, right? And right. so I work. The other partner that I hired last year was uh miss burton she we're gonna probably bring her on the podcast once we all meet that'd be great and everything because and i already said this to her and she goes yeah i'll come on whatever but she is when i met her in the interview this was during covid time so we had to do all these zoom interviews for like we had to hire so many teachers last year and it's 
you know, it was after like a bunch of kind of like so-so interviews and she came on and I think within like 10 minutes, like I just couldn't stop like grinning. Like I felt like an idiot because she had just said like all the magical words. She had talked about conferring. She had talked about authentic data and assessment data and all, I mean, everything we talk about on this podcast and more. And I was like, you are my, I was like, you have to be my partner. I told my principal, I was like, if you don't hire her, I'm going to cry. Um, and I, and I need her on my, my team. Like, I don't want her on English. I want her on my team. Like with me, this is like the closest thing I've ever found to like a person who speaks my language, who is out interviewing. Cause at the time you were like, I'm at my campus still. You, I was, I was trying to poach you, but I, I was unsuccessful. Yes. At the time, which is fine. Um, you were with a great uh, team over there, great principal. But we. Right. Moving on. I was like, oh, no, we have another opportunity. I can, you know, Choa, the only other other. So other than Burton, it's you. You two are literally my my same language people. We live on like our own continent. We've all been trained in the same thing. Burton's Abydos <laughs> trained. You're an Abydos trainer. I'm a fan of all of that stuff. So. It's like we get to pull something together that is magical in so many different ways. And I got to tell you, there's just every team has problems. Every te- And not problems. Every team has like different philosophies, different ways of doing things. I can't – I mean I haven't been teaching too long, right? Just under a decade. But I have never been on a team where we – a group of people – at various ages, right? I'm twenty. I'm thirty. Help myself. Twenty nine. I'm thirty. Uh, Burton is. She's she's in her thirties, but she's later thirties, and then you're later than that. So it's almost like three generations yeah, of difference. That, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the the fact that we have a multi generational look, all speaking the same language, just from different things, it's it's an unstoppable team, and I just. I could sit here and rant about it forever, but how do how do you feel, Miss Ochoa, coming over to the Chastain campus uh, and being a part of this team? What, what's what's your what's your thinking about all this? What's my thinking? What's your thinking? well? First of all, Jacob, we've, I've already worked with you. We shared yeah that one year when we were both uh, academic and literacy coaches. We, we were in shared the same, the same office. office. Yeah, <laughs> and we. <laughs> We pr- and we worked together and presented and yep. uh, you know to teachers and then I went into your room a lot because you also had a classroom I did not I had three subjects and you had a subject in a classroom so either way it was all hard work so uh, yeah I just um, I'm excited because I already know what you're like I already know you know the types of things there's things that you do that I have never thought about doing. As far as like some of the projects that I saw you do, maybe they're not really projects, but they're, you know, the way you go about getting the kids to write and some of your ideas. So I'm excited about getting to try some of that and actually doing it in my classroom. That'd be wonderful. So I'm thrilled. And then Miss um, Burton and, and just being able, like you said, the same language. I have been on those campuses I've talked about, and there's nothing wrong about any of those, those places. But uh, but being there and you're the only one that has your language, if you will. And what we mean by the language is talking about the pedagogy, the research uh, language of workshop. And and when you're when you're all by yourself and nobody else gets it, it's it's really kind of difficult. So I've been in an island for a long time, and I think it's going to be exciting to have a group that has the same exact, maybe not exact, but the same philosophy and the same feeling about workshop, the same feeling about the kids, you know, and we all believe 
that they can all write and they can all read. And it's just a matter of finding what they like and working with them and bringing them up from there. I'm really excited to get to do that freely. Yeah, I just, there is a magic about that because, you know, I've been on, you know, we've had so much turnover at my campus that, you know, there's a few of us who've grown together and we're all better teachers because of that, because we all speak the same language. You know, I've had uh, Miss mm-hmm. Bannister. She's been on Teach Me Teacher, but her and I kind of grew up through all of this together. We learned, you know, how to get kids reading. We learned how to get them writing together. Her and I are very similar in a lot of ways. We both got inspired by Ron Clark around the same time and Get Your Teach On and all that other stuff. Uh, and But the difference between her and I is we are, because I think because we, we grew up, as teachers together, uh, we really operate best when we're not on the same team, not because, uh, we're, uh, we argue at all. We're really close and we love each other's teaching style. We're far too competitive to be right next to each other all the time. And it's more, cause I think it's like a brother sister type vibe. You know what I mean? And we, we discovered that last year. And so we, we kind of split it up this year. So I went to seventh. She stayed in sixth to rock that. And she's, I think she's one of the best sixth grade teachers on the planet. Um, and I think the unique thing about uh, you, Burton, and me is we don't have we're, – we're competitive, but it's, it's competitive in – our, our goals are beyond that. Like some people I'm competitive with on a very specific scale, but for you guys, it's more of a – we're so passionate about workshop. We see workshop right. as uh, as a gateway to the deeper pieces to what what education can be for kids. The gateway to all of this. So we have a philosophical foundation um, that bridges a lot of that to where yeah, it's competitive, but it's like okay, now we can do something amazing because you know I. I, you know, you can plan on your own and you and I have been islands before and Burton has been an island before, yeah, but I mean, yeah. when, when you comp- when you get three passionate people that are sharing the load of the work and we all trust each other because we are all so pedagogically aligned, the magic can mm-hmm. really happen because it's no longer, it's not just one person carrying the weight. It's all of us. And I think that is a unique I think that that unique selling proposition has got me hyped because I've, I'm comfortable being on an island, but this this time I'm like I I actively don't want to be because you guys are great and I mean this is gonna do wonders for our practice uh, and everything in between. I don't know. You, I I feel like it's really cool that this is happening right after we did our episode on like what makes a good team. <laughs> Right. And then, and then it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, you and I, I, our story is just so fascinating. If anyone doesn't know, y'all need to go back to episode one and take the journey, uh, along with us, because I mean, the fact that we were, you know, we were just colleagues who kind of knew each other because of trainings worked together, separated, created a podcast, created craft and draft. And now we're joining back together. It's like this, you know, it's like a, a, it's like a delicate astronomical dance that's just spinning around. So who knows when <laughs> happens when we collide, but it <laughs> <That> seems cosmic. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year, looking forward to planning with people and, you know, and just sharing ideas and 
And I mean, I'm just excited. I really am excited. Well, really am. I'm excited about learning from y'all. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, but you say that, and I was about to point that I'm glad you said that. So we get to learn from you first. So I have been doing some heavy propaganda oh. work on my campus to where we even brought down our heavy. curriculum coordinator, uh, to I brought her to my PLC like two weeks ago or something like that. And I said, hey, I need you uh-huh. to really encourage my team to go take this Abydos training that we're doing this summer. Uh, they're doing this writing and reading. It's so funny because this was when we kind of knew behind the scenes that you were coming over. Nothing was validated yet. Um, right. But she came on the training and was like, yeah, you know, the trainer is going to be Pam Ochoa. She's great. Blah, 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 blah. So y'all are going to learn from her. She ta- And then she goes, yeah, she taught me all of this. So our coordinator, <laughs> none of these people really know. Who, well, some of the team knows who you are, but, uh, you know, Burton and them don't really know you. They know you from the podcast, but they're sitting there like basically saying we're about to we're about to inherit someone who's trained our curriculum coordinator but you, we're right. all going to go at this training where you're at so this is going to be like our first team building but we also get to kind of sit and learn from you like i mean how many other like divine intervention pieces do you need for <laughs> us to just this is the greatest combination of yeah. things that could happen no i'm excited i am i mean that, because of that you know i mean yeah i, I didn't think about that but yeah, being able to train the people I'm about to work with, that's kind of different, isn't it? I mean, who does that? Not very I mean, many. Exactly. And what's cool is because some of us, it'll be a refresh. You know, I've never done the writing Abydos. I've only done the reading side. Um, I've the, What I know of the writing is just from actually reading the book. Um, but right. in working with you and stuff. Which, but, by the way, I put in front of you, right? Yes. And... <laughs> I set it uh, on your desk and I said, read that. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Burton, Burton, though, our, so our direct partner, so for all three of us, she's done, I believe she's done, she's done the writing one. I don't think she's done the reading one. So she's opposite of me. Um, oh, okay. And so, but we also have a new teacher uh, or a newer. She was our first year this year. She's amazing, but she's going to be there. We have another new teacher who's going to be there. Um, and then another teacher that's going to be there as well. So almost the entire team, uh, barring wow. any unexpected things that show up. So it's going to be really interesting that even if we do have language differences, we're going to reshape some of that to where we can all have a shared learning experience on one of the most in-depth literacy-focused trainings given by a trainer who's coming to our campus. So it's, I think what it's going to do, though, is it's going to free us to where in our PLC, we will be a lot more comfortable talking about practice versus strategy because we've had this conversation before on the podcast, which is a lot of PLCs are like, okay, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing? Oh, that's a good strategy. I'll use that. We get to, I feel like because of the, the shared experiences and the unique position we're in, I think we're going to have this PLC that is just so in-depth to where we talk about practice. We get to bring student work without judgment. You know, we can talk about struggling to get kids to do something, but we can do that without complaining. We can actually talk about it within practices and vocabulary of workshop. Right. And, you know, and when you're saying it's intense, it's a three-week training. So, I mean, this is a quite a, quite a commitment. I believe it's three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big commitment. It's about 12 days altogether. Also, we're doing the, the reading one too in July. 
And that one is a harder sell because people are so tired. I was like, look, y'all got to go to the writing <laughs> one because we, the reason is because we, you know, writing is, is going to be, we're re pushing that back on campus. Um, mm-hmm. you know, our principal, we, we were doing that before COVID where I kind of led the pack and then, uh, we stopped because yeah, of COVID. Yeah. And then, so we kind of paused, but so we have this, this, this re look at kind of writing on our campus. So I just, I, I don't know. I've never, you know, there is something to be said and maybe we can talk about this for a second. There's something to be said about shared learning experiences that do wonders for just a, a campus, right? Even, even, you know, we've, we've talked about how, you know, PD, you take this and that, you know, not everything said in every training connects and, you know, with newer teachers, like they might, they might not be able to use every single strategy we go through in the Abydos training, but they're going to have the language. They're going to have the vision to kind of work through some stuff. And I think that is, it's, it's, it's so awesome to me that, uh, over time we have cultivated a team. I'm excited that as the department chair, um, it's taken just really about a year and a half to kind of, uh, smooth out some of the kinks of the team and really work on vision. And even through COVID, we've gotten to that ability. And next year is really the the next step of just putting, you know, you and we need, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but we need one more other person on the team and then bang, like we're, it's so solid, but that shared experience is, is so unique. And, and I want to talk to you about this. What have you, you know, in your experience, what is, do, do you agree? Do you, ha, can you validate that the, this idea that a shared experience in training really can be a game changer in some ways? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, there's been, like I told you several times that I've been like an Island, so to speak, but um, there was a time in our district where, uh, you know, when I was being trained and everything that we were training probably about 40 people a summer if not more, we were doing, I mean, a huge push. And, uh, at that time, most of those people have retired. They've all retired. They're older than me. I was one of the younger ones, <clears throat> but we were all doing the same thing. We were all talking the same language. It was at Richland high school where that was taking place. And, um, we were, we were doing really great. And, uh, when I went over to Smithfield, the people there were also trained because when I went over there, they, they had some, I was trained several of them. And as a matter of fact, one of the ladies that I, uh, a good teammate just called me just the other day or tech emailed me and said, you know, I need, we need this um, idea and we're toying with this idea. I can't think of anybody better to ask than you. So they're over there, even though I left, they're still calling me at times, the ones who are still there. And we were all working together and they still call me. And, and sometimes, you know, I've even been over, this last summer, I went over to their house and trained several people just because they're like, we need help. And so we'd sit and so, so that, that group that I was with, we really made some great strides. And even to this day, that campus is one of our best, you know, data campuses. I mean, it does have a really good demographic as well, but, but you still have to stay, to stay on top. You have to work really hard to stay on top. And they have, they have done that. And here's here's the thing, okay? Now, this is me jumping on a soapbox for a second, but I, mm-hmm. you know, for people who I follow a lot of people out there just talking about education, I talk to a lot of people in education. Right. There is there is a push for 
less of a focus on teacher expertise, right? We have we have people who focus on strategy. We have people that focus on programs. We have people that focus on everything but the teacher, right? And every but here, I really think that my masters in curriculum and administration, uh, they did a good job at refocusing us on this, the concept of bringing like personnel is first and foremost, the most, the, the, the biggest differentiator in a child's path is great educators, right? That's now, right. Progr- progr- right. there's great programs out there. There's great curriculum. There's, there's all kinds of stuff, right? Nothing is bad in their totality. Strategies are amazing. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but educated well-informed, practiced, professional educators are the difference makers in education. And I feel like with the help of the administration that we have a motorcycle just like barreled right behind me, ruining my speech, but they (laughs) are, uh, but with the, the help of our principal in all actuality, we, she empowered this ELA team to be about teacher expertise in English. And to the point to where when she talked to you, you know, I believe she asked something along the, or told you something along the lines of, you know, she doesn't want to see Chastain. She wants to see Ochoa. And that is unique in today's educational climate. I think is the empowerment of the individual teacher. Yes. I think there's something said for, for the art of teaching, you know, and the style and, and like you said, having that pedagogy, but I don't, like I told you years ago, we, I mean, we were pushing 40, we were doing two institutes a summer with 40 people in each institute. That's a lot of people we were training, including principals. So the principals even took time to train. And then at some point along the way, it was like, well, we can't ask our teachers to take that kind of time. We can't ask our teachers to do that. We can't. And and I know that that happened, and so it almost died out, if we were honest. And then, of course, you know, they changed our test or, uh, and increased the, um, I guess, in- increased the intensity of the test or, um, you know, the, the standards and all of that for the tests. And so uh, when they changed that from a tax test to a toss test to a star test, you know, each time they changed it, they would, you know, this rush. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? There's this test coming along. We need to have some training. And it's like, if you'd have just stayed with the program, because it takes time to build a program and that's what you're doing. It takes at least three to five years to build a program. And if you're going to build it, but you can't be doing this by, like you said, just a strategy here, a strategy there. You got to have a core belief, a core philosophy. And if you can get everybody on board and have the same mindset and then you, like you said, have those teachers that are talented and are not worried about, oh my gosh, they're out to, you know, they're going to worry about my scores to the point that I, I tighten up. You know what I mean? But if you work together as a team, then I think you could transform a school and in, in, into greatness. But I think it has to do with developing this, this one minded vision um, where everybody is trained. That's why that, that common training is very helpful. And that was my biggest frustration with 
training that we did in the district this year. And I don't know if there was any way around it. Honestly, I think we were just kind of stuck, but the, the idea that every, like we didn't train people in curriculum. We didn't train people in teaching strategies. We just did nothing but canvas and everything digital, right? Like here's how to make a button in canvas and here's how to post a video and here's how to do all this. And that's great. We definitely needed that. There was tons of people who had no idea how to do any of that. Um, and I get it, but it was, we took a hit. Uh, professionally, uh, in the professional development world of our district, we definitely have a, a series or, or a year of teachers who probably are a little bit more behind than they should have, unless they were on a campus that actively tried to keep them. You know, we, because I care about professional development, um, we did, that was what I started with, right? We, we straight up, we read sections of 180 days. We read sections of Abydos. We watched Kelly Gallagher and Penny Kittle. We, we had those discussions. So my newer teachers had concepts for like, what the heck a conference is, but I could only imagine what would have happened if I wasn't that type of department chair where I didn't kind of go beyond because that's not my role. Like my role isn't coach, right? Right. We've done that like DC, but I, because I'm so comfortable doing that and I'm, I'm obsessed with it and I love it. My principal totally lets me take on more responsibilities in that aspect (laughs) because, because I don't have any qualms with doing it, but I feel like it's my duty as department chair not to dictate uh, not to dictate anyone to do anything specific, but rather create the atmosphere of here's what the best people in our in, in our section of education are doing. What can we learn from this? How does this look like on our campus for our students? Uh, and then as teachers, we can figure out how that fits with our style, our flavor, and everything like that. But I, I think that that drive for professional excellence is something that more campuses need. You talked Mm -hmm. about uh, people feeling like they can't commit the time to Abydos because it's so long or similar trainings that might be that long. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that is a symptom of a campus that uses their time wrong. If teachers feel so overwhelmed that they can't go be professionally developed for uh, something that is that long, that has so much research behind it, that is proven to be effective, then there's something wrong with the, this institution to which those teachers are serving in. And I think that's something administrators need to look at and teachers need to advocate for Like if you're so tired from your job that you don't want to go to something like that, then there's something wrong. And we, I think we have to fix that. That might be a controversial statement because people, you know, the, the push in education is, you know, take care of yourself, you know, relax, you know, use your time wisely. And 100% do like, don't kill yourself working. Nothing is worth your professional mental, uh, your, your own health. You have to be good to serve your kids, but what should be filling the educational, your educational cup is quality PD. And I firmly stand behind that. Yeah, I agree. Of course I've made a living off of all that. Yeah. (laughs) I, I agree. Please pay me. I mean, to train just, you, you know, like a, a disclaimer. <laughs> you do. I guess that's true. You I'm do have a slight bias. Professional development. <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, well, you know, that, that whole idea, I had an opportunity oh, about five years ago, maybe or less. I don't really remember how it's been a while, but, um, 
at least five years because my, my husband was with me. So at least five years. So anyway, I, I worked with um, a, a district on the other side of Dallas and uh, did that, you know, did some of their summer trainings, like what we were talking about, what we're going to do here and did that for about three years. But one of the principals, they were like, we've got to do something to change our writing scores. We've got to change our writing. We've got to change our culture. And so one of the ladies who had been in my training had told her, well, I know somebody who could in the area that can help. And so they gave me a call and they, they kind of made a contract. So what we did is her very first thing that she did is she, my very first time over at that campus is she made every te- It was an elementary campus. She made every teacher sit in my training, every one of them that had anything to do with, I mean, all of them K through five sit through that first day. And then after that, she broke it down to, you know, the ones who do most of the writing because we're going to really do workshop, but she at least had them all sit. So they knew where they were going and where the philosophy was. And she told them that this is what is going to center our, uh, our belief here. We're going to, we're going to wrap our head around how we're going to do this. And so I think I was there about five visits, but on the fifth visit, uh, one of the ladies said, before you begin, I just want to say one thing. And, uh, and you could see, you could see the principal go, because I think this is the lady that, I mean, she's like the unhappy camper, you know, no matter what, she's the one that's like, oh my gosh, don't waste my time. Everyone's and, and. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, she said, before you go into anything, I want to say one thing. She said, you single-handedly have changed the entire culture of our campus. And I am so grateful because my, I, I have just, I've changed everything. And they, the, the principals at the end, the reason I knew that was the lady is because that, that was the negative Nancy, so to speak. And that's because at the end, the principals were going, we were holding our breath. We had no idea. She said, "You're." but anyway, um, all said and done, they ended up having, I mean, I went and looked, you know, when they got the results back and everything, and they ended up becoming a, a distinguished campus in that area. And so I, I think it's because that particular principal had the foresight to create this vision for the entire campus. She just didn't have a pocket of it. And so she brought everybody in. And the whole idea is this is how you're going to feed into this program. And she included the K, you know, all the way up to the top. And so anyway, and then the the fine, the the very final, I think there were two sessions where it was just all reading in English with those just particular teachers who were going to be tested and how to work with the tested subject. And so I feel like I made a difference in that particular campus. And, but I think it's because of the training that we did, but, but I think mainly it's because we would, we would, she'd put us all in a conference room and I would sit, I would sit with half of them in the morning and half of them in the afternoon because I had to teach and they would cover each other's classes. And that's how they did them. Well, and the, I think, so here's what, the real magic is to you coming over, which is it's, I, I feel like when a lot of people get hired onto a campus, you know, you have like a, you know, there's like a molding phase, right? You know, you come on, you yeah. don't really know anyone. You kind of join, you do all this. You, you get to buy step that because you and I literally talk for more than an hour every single week. 
Uh, we talk <laughs> on the right. podcast, but we also talk outside of the podcast. Um, we've worked together in different ways, but we we have craft and draft together. We have all of this stuff. So you're you're coming in. You've trained literally, uh, you know, at least a, a quarter of the team already on in various ways. So you're, you're, you're coming in that way, but you're, you're coming in as an expert at that where it's like we hit the ground rolling because on, so when I came back as a literacy coach, you know, our, my principal, Jody Fadley, she didn't, she didn't know me from Adam, right? She only knew me from rumors. And she, she said her first, her, the first time she started trusting me was when like everyone on campus was like welcoming me back. Like they all spoke highly of oh. me. Like, and that was, that was like her first cue. like, Oh, this guy's good. She realized, you know, when you leave coaching, you know, the natural assumption is something went wrong, right? Like you, right. You got fired, you got, you failed, they pushed you out, but it was, right. you know, it was, it was both of our choices to leave. Yes. And, uh, once she realized that and she realized I was passionate about workshop, she like literally pulled me in that summer and was like, Hey, let's meet. I want you to do writing training. So what we did is on my own, and this just happened to coincide with my master's. So it worked out well, but I would do these trainings where I was taking these adults teaching all the subjects and I was essentially using Abido strategies and uh, some of Donald Grave stuff, Penny Kittle, Kelly Gallagher, right. and merging them together and doing these trainings that were, I thought were pretty engaging. People were having fun, but basically introducing them to writing, what writing should look like. Um, and we, we had a lot of fun, but the, the cool part was is, or well, the negative part of that was I was really the only one speaking this doctrine at the time. Right. Okay. So this is about mm-hmm. two years. This is about two years ago, and my mm-hmm. I'm kind of the the lone voice of the writing side. Reading was killing it. Every like the the English teachers were advocating it. Teachers and other contents had like libraries in their classrooms. Books were everywhere. People were reading. Like that culture had been built by our literacy coach that we had, our literacy specialist. Uh, Kate Nelson, who came and kind of worked her magic. She's also the person that showed me Donald and Miller and all that. So she had her hand and a bunch of other stuff. She is the one. Yeah. So I'm over there advocating this writing thing that people are kind of standoffish, but my principal is all for. She totally believes that you create writers by writing. You create writers by giving them a safe place to use their voice. A, a, a skilled writing teacher can have kids write about whatever they want and teach them writing through their passions. But right. I was alone. So this next year, we bring on Taylor Burton. She she leans towards the reading side as well, but she loves the writing. She's a natural. She doesn't give herself enough credit. She's not someone, she's not like me. She doesn't toot her own horn too much, right? She's the opposite of that. But, and then we bring on you. So what I see you as, which I'm so excited to be is not only are you a colleague and a friend and, and someone who I believe I trust fully in this profession, it'll be something to where you and I and Burton and Bannister and Fadley and everyone else on this team, we can all get together and go, all right, so what are we seeing? What steps do we need to take next to where we can, it's not one person kind of leading the charge. It's everyone advocating in their own different ways. And I think mm-hmm. I was like, how there's no way this is going to fail. That's a big statement to say on a podcast. That is a big statement, Jacob. <laughs> but there, I mean, here's the thing, like it, barring any unexpected things, there's no right. way this level of professional commitment, this level of trust on a team where we all trust the process, we trust, we all have the same philosophical foundation, the same respect for the research. 
there is, we'll surely we'll have to tweak and there'll be things that we don't that are struggle. And we're at, a, I mean, we're at a struggling campus. We're at a title one campus. There are struggles on this campus that are going to be difficult to overcome. But the fact that I can walk up to you and go, Hey, I, we, this is what we're seeing. How do we effectively go back this? And it's, and it's a back and forth. I don't, I mean, right. what, what better way? Like this is, this is the vision that I have for education and we're getting to, we're getting to play in that experiment this next year. Well, I haven't had it to that extent. I've all, I've, like I told you earlier, we did have several that had, you know, the same training and it was very helpful. Yeah. But I think, I think this, this passion that you carry and the energy that you carry, I think will help me personally. Uh, and keep me going because you know I'm kind of old. <laughs> but no, I, I I love I love teaching and I love I love the students and I, I just love making new new friendships and relationships. So I'm I'm really excited and I'm excited about um, creating this core uh, philosophy and I don't know just moving the campus all the way across the board. I think I think if you can take get started like what you know the three of us. We get started and the four of us, because you mentioned Bannister and then, you know, and then you just, I think you can really um, exponentially increase uh, what our kids are capable of doing. Of course, I'll let you know more once I get there. Yeah. Right. I mean, we talk about, I mean, we talk about alignment and this is the cool part that I think is alignment. Yeah. Well, I think this will change how we talk about stuff on this podcast too, to where we literally get to kind of in real time, share what it's like to put together a team like this. What are the conversations we have? What, what trainings do we do? Where, what pitfalls did we do that we weren't expecting? Like, I always think I have, you know, the best idea for something and then I do it and sometimes it fails, but we, we get to do that kind of in a team and share it with other people who might be mimicking this, right? There's, there's DCs mm-hmm. out here who, that listen to this, I'm sure who have the, uh, their, the principal trust them to kind of do the hiring like ours does. Right. And they're and right. and to kind of trust me, like the, the way we got you over here is I went up to my principal and I said, Hey, we need her over here. This has to happen. And she trusted the press. She talked to you for, <laughs> she, she said yes before <laughs> she even talked to you. And I know it. She, I walked in and she said, you know, <laughs> Jacob told me I should hire you <laughs> and I do what Jacob says. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. I'm, I'm the one I said, well, I'm here because I do what Jacob says. <laughs> well, and here's the thing though. Like there are, there's people out here who have that. And sometimes like it's, it's scary in some instances, like we did, uh, she trusted me with kind of our pre-assessment assessment thing that we have to do because people who don't know, we're, we're in a tip was what they call it in here. It's a Texas improvement plan, I think is what it stands for. But we have to, to, to do that. You have to like document everything. Like you literally have to show like tutorials, you have to show tests, you have to do all of this stuff to like kind of quote unquote, stay out of trouble with the state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she let me lead an experimental approach to documenting kind of assessment and stuff like that. And that, that it, right there to have a principal that, Trust a team, uh, not blindly because she definitely tells me to show results and like give her like deadlines and stuff like that. So it's not like a, a blind trust, but there's people out there who listen to this that, uh, have that freedom and might have never might be afraid to do it because even though we, we preach 
and there might be other people who preach this stuff. You listen to Don Miller, you listen to Kelly Gow, you listen to Laura Robb, you listen to Mary Howard, you do all of that stuff, and you do everything that's right, and you still fear the process. You still fear, like, will this actually work? Like, it's one thing to talk philosophically about letting kids write whatever they want and read whatever they want and expecting results. Um, but it's another thing to really put your your values to the test, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I can say very confidently that just as a team that we're all we're about eighty mm, percent at that right now. Next year, we're probably going to be 95, 98% at that. We really get to test, you know, what's everyone's going to be doing craft and draft because we already do that already, which is kind of cool. You're Mm -hmm. going to a campus where everyone's doing your journal system. I know that's exciting. (laughs) I have <laughs> I'm excited about that. But yeah, and so we we literally like we're actually like this isn't crap that we're just talking about and trying to sell. We're real teachers putting stuff into action and now we get to do it as a team and and test it and and alter, right? Because that's the ultimate goal is to give people something that works at literally one of the lowest performing schools in the district statistically. Mm-hmm. And we're, but this year has already changed. We've been kicking butt. We've been climbing those ranks. Next year's going to keep going. It's a magic. I know I've ranted a lot on this podcast. Usually I don't talk this much, but I, the, the excitement just can't come out enough. <laughs> this is, that's my, go- my role is excitement as DC of this campus. It really is. I'm a cheerleader for all of y'all. <laughs> You're a cheerleader for everybody. Well, maybe you can have two cheerleaders. That's right. That'll be exciting. Well, you're yeah. killing it, but I don't know. We we could do this for a while, but I, you know, I think we could end it there on this excitement note of just being excited for the future, ladies and gentlemen. If you're excited for the future of Craft and Draft and Pam Ochoa coming to uh, this middle school where we all get to be a part of it and and be a part of this journey, guys, there's no better time to support this episode by subscribing because we're <laughs> we're gonna share all this stuff. I'm sure there's gonna be a time where Ochoa will be like, hey, that. Uh, PLC didn't go so well, Chastain. Why did you drop the ball, right? She gets to really see the real Chastain now. Yeah, Chastain, you were giving us a little bit of uh, noise there that you didn't need to. Uh And you know what? It's 100% possible because, uh, you know, my passion can come out in certain ways sometimes. You know, it is what it is. But no, I I fully expect the the brightness. So hopefully you guys are excited and indulged us in in dreaming about the future. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns. By the way, I I didn't want to. I wanted to talk about this today. I know we're closing out the podcast, but we had a a listener of the podcast who I believe he was one of my supporters on Patreon when I had one briefly. Uh, he, he asked if we had any direct podcast about teaching poetry. So we should, we should probably maybe tackle that, uh, next week. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do. It's it's mine too. That'll be a long one. That that'll be a long discussion. We'll have to do two parts. That's that's possible. (laughs) It's, it is really good, but in any case, ladies and gentlemen, stay, pay attention to that. Come back for that. Review the podcast. If you really like to hit that star button, hit subscribe. We release a podcast every single Friday and we record on Saturdays if you didn't know. So if you want to ask a question, ask on Saturday. That way it's right in my memory. Because if you ask before that, I might forget. Like us on Facebook and everything in between, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, know that we are here for you. 